Greetings, this is Larry D. Giles here. I hope you're glad to hear from me. I'm not sure if I'm exactly in the mood to read this because a family member is currently in crisis, but I'm going to try. The chapter I'm going to read from my upcoming book, The Boy Beside the Woods, that tells of my upbringing in Essex County is somewhat scatterbrained and miffling, as there is much in my planned book which has cultural coding and underlying meaning. I don't feel it's always essential that each chapter is that way. Some chapters are just for creative fun and artistic entertainment. These things don't have to uh, have underlying meaning. But um, I hope you take a listen. And what do you think? The title is Crybabies. As a child, crying was something I wasn't encouraged to do. And though the term crybaby was used only rarely, it was not so rare you didn't know it was important. To hear the term would make your ears perk up, a frog or something get in your throat. The term had become important because something old as a broken wheel had already taught you to hold it in to pull up your shorts and walk like your father or uncle, even if he had had too much to drink. Or, if you found yourself suddenly walking a little like your oldest aunt, to not let anyone see. In the fields, in my paternal grandparents' yard, there were a couple of times a name was called, but such times were far and few in between, and yet you still remembered. If as a child I knew of anyone shedding tears, it was kind of a secret you didn't want to tell, like a part of the body someone you liked hadn't cleaned, because maybe he didn't know how to clean, something even a sad boy didn't wish to do. Most of the time, I wasn't one to shed tears, and this feature grew and grew, but it also manifested strange legs and hands and ears. My eldest uncle, the sergeant and airplane mechanic, at least six foot two, was usually happy as a lark but he could suddenly show us a part of him was still a boy whose thumb had been pricked and even hiding it we still knew. When he was home, he was an absolute model of sunlight and shiny wrenches, but just before it was time for him to return to the new home in California where he was stationed, he would start crying three or four days ahead of time. If his flight was on Saturday at 5 p.m., 
Then by Monday at 6 a.m. he had started to snivel, as though looking for something. He would go sniffling from one room of my grandmother's farmhouse to another, pretty much till we packed him into the car. Then driving out the gate or on the steps, that's when he would really take it hard. A torrential downpour like a spring or river. Why is Dicky boy sniffling? I stupidly asked my grandmother on the bed, seeking, I guess, a worm to certify men do have feelings. Sometimes she had been hiding out in the back room where I would find her, half wanting to cry myself without exactly knowing why. On the bed or in the back room, we both knew, I think, but she wasn't going to tell me at that time. She was studying hard herself, her eyes on an empty chair or down in a Christmas can of buttons and thread where there was a pond or river. And I don't think she wanted to look up. Though often not talkative and coughing too a little, once or twice, if the dishes had been put away by the daughters, the water sufficiently brought in by the uncles from the well, she would say a word or two through a voice that wavered like a cloud. But never on the last day he was home. She went into the back room or made a cake all day. Then when done, made the icing most of the afternoon. Got that uh, sinus, I reckon, rubbing at her nose and glasses, sprinkled a little with flour. Finally sitting on the bed across from my grandfather, she searched for the right button she didn't have. And that old asthma run in the family, you know. My daddy had it. Brother Ben, too. Uncle Ben did have it, though I didn't call him Uncle Ben. The old ways were fading, if not the sniffling and wheezing. I found out his father wheezed. The aunts and my uncles and the one going back to California called him Uncle Ben. Also his neighbor across the slope, Ann Ruth, who always also looked like she was crying even while stringing beans. It was more than the old ways were fading, however. At times, living with my grandparents, I felt separate and apart. I maybe cried myself. I don't know. Some things I can't remember. Or I pushed them down so far I couldn't get to them. But often I felt something rather tingy, like it was in a back room laid smushy under a pillow. On a large slope way back in the woods, about a half mile away, the old brother's house was where we walked sometimes on Sunday evenings. After church was a time for gaiety. All of us, the aunts, maybe an uncle, if they were still around, and my grandparents piled into the road like chickens pecking for seed, in my new shoes and shirt, 
I didn't know exactly where my sister was. I think because she was a girl and maybe because she had been sickly when she was little, she spent more time with either my mother or father. Also, my father liked her better than me. Looking much older, the sister's brother, then about 55, and walking with a cane, treated us all the same. His children, one of which was just a little older than I was, and all the cousins and whoever came, a yard full. Placing his straw hat on his chest, he ignored us and let us have a run of the yard in pig pens if a ball should drop in. He and his wife, in the most weepy dress, would entertain my grandparents on the porch that looked out on the humongous rising between the several fields. We played baseball or whatever we had at the time, horseshoes, sometimes badminton, dodgeball. Even from the faraway slope, I could see the old brother sniffling and coughing. He may have even tried to chew tobacco and sniffle at the same time. Looking across the field at the house next door, his wife was a constant warrior. So even the cake she brought out invariably drew too many flies, such that she would have to yell at one of the cousins in the yard to come and get the fly rag. This caused the brother to sniffle some more and hobble up on his good knee to go poke at one of the loose boards where the nails stood up. Tain't why I worry about it now. And sugar and finish her, and said the wife, still halfway looking at the house. The brother poked, then forced himself back deep in the rocker, his elbows propped back like crutches. He spat in a coffee can he kept at the ready, tapping it a little with his toe because it was in the way, I guess, his mouth red and slushy like a washed-out gate. I never saw any of my grandmothers cry, but plenty people did cry. Miss Laura at her boy's funeral when he got cut to pieces, the drunk woman at the gate. I think my cousin across the field in the white people's house and whom I didn't know was my cousin cried without making a sound. She was old and had got used to it, sitting in her armchair, I think. In the middle of the rifleman, her face was suddenly a wet field, and she wiped all the plants and vegetables on her skirt without even looking away from Lucas McCain and the Indians who had him cornered. The old black blacksmith was blacksmithing in the back, black shed. Then there was a man who helped my great aunt out at the store. He cried, I think, when the boys teased him over something stupid, and he just couldn't take it anymore. He cried while he fussed back at them. He cried going out to the old gas tank when he showed me how to use it. He cried when 
I dug up a crayfish in the small stream that ran past the yard. But he wasn't crying like weeping, just eyes wet and rolling down with the curse words and tears swimming around together in a swampy body of water that had stood for a long time, maybe before he was born. Oh, yes, my first brother, born a year or two after my sister, cried on the dirt road while my mother had lived with my father and him, crying because the lashes of the coat hanger were so hard and crying because his new father didn't treat him like a father. Ain't no way I got a child like this, he said. Both were crying. Then he really let him have it. I went outside, all the way down to the Asian pear tree swarming with bees. I wanted to cry, but couldn't. Sometimes on the dirt road, you could wake up and want to cry. Your eyes still glued half shut with cold. You would look across the field and see the old man neighbor already on the road with a heavy sack on his back and no one to bring anything to. You had slept that way all night on the red sofa with a finger in your mouth. Daddy would have left for work without a word and your mother, still no word, would be taking my sister and I somewhere we didn't want to go. The gambling house where the rain came through the back room, and nobody would be cooking, and somebody would be cooking a large pot of creases, and you didn't want any. But it was more than not wanting to go. The long gate to the dirt road wasn't happy. The holes in the gate road had swollen and the sun was somewhere you didn't know. And there was a dusty, powdery scattering of everything, and not one small part of it you could pick up. Mama wore a pretty white scarf with a bright, bright blue glitter-lined sweater, and her legs were full and shiny, and maybe Maybe Mama was happy. I kept things in, especially when I went to visit my mother in the new house, which was really the old house. She, my sister, and I lived in briefly with Daddy. Nothing had changed. The furnishing, I mean. And it's time for a commercial. My phone just bumped me out of my selection. I have to find it again quickly. Today I'm selling um, my most recent uh, watermelon rind preserves. They're absolutely wonderful and I hope you will at least give them a try. Now back to our regularly scheduled program if your reader can find it. Let's see. I kept things in, especially when I went to visit my mother in the new house, which was really the old house. She, my sister, and I lived in briefly with my father. Nothing had changed. The furnishing, I mean, 
the red vinyl sofa which was kind of strange to me even when I lived there I saw something happen on it which confused me it followed me but yet I couldn't speak of it nor could I cry and there was Trudell the few times I saw him laughing so hard till he cried cause I couldn't hit worth a toot mostly I couldn't because nobody had showed me or maybe I was just too absent to notice how to put my hand around the wood I couldn't nor could I laugh all that much except that one time he teased me then tripped and fell I laughed so hard I wet my pants ignoramus he pointed then teased me all the much more my father's mother had lost two children one eighteen and nearly married right before I was born she had a child and then suddenly drew her last breath maybe like life never happened and freedom would never come I eventually learned of the family's devastation how everyone had been affected in every last room looking for something a comb my harmonica which I couldn't play I stumbled upon it in my elder aunt's eyes and sitting with me only that one time she told me she missed her oldest sister but sometimes it still felt like she hadn't told me anything on the bed her mother was always quiet busy as a clock that had been wound the Bible and pants and hymns holes and socks she was different than my mother's mother but I'm not sure she knew she never saw my mother's mother do much I never saw my mother's mother do much sit on the sofa perhaps under a big net of jewels oh yes just as quiet her mother only a few years older drove to do day work with mr. French the white town grocer which the with the large plantation house my mother's mother maybe her mother too had come I think in disfavor with some in the community I heard later and I'm not sure why maybe it had something to do with bootleg and at times she and her husband couldn't get along with a few in the community and no snivel both moved away without a word her mother was quiet like my father's mother but in many ways different and if there were tears I never saw them she kind of looked like she could cry though hard and crusty under a pink string of pearls and earrings so big there was there were no ears distant at least with my sister and me maybe with my mother too but I never knew exactly why it may have had something to do with my mother's father who either never came or came and left or who was around somewhere I didn't know this didn't make me cry but it was still a little sad inside especially when daddy came distant and in a hurry to pick me up 
and sit me on the red sofa and tell me just stay there and eat my popcorn. And the uncle, even across several states, I had come to kind of love, had sniffled and sniffled and flown many miles to a new life. He may have loved and also cried about like a baby. Thank you for your attention.